You can save 15% or more at Amazon when you pay with Bitcoin or Bitcoin Cash. Just go to purse.bogosity.tv. You can set your own discount. 5% gets you fastest delivery, or you can set it to 30% or more if you're not in a hurry. Purse makes it so easy to save money at Amazon by buying with crypto. Just go to purse.bogosity.tv and start saving now. Welcome to the Bogosity Podcast for the week of October 20th, 2019. The podcast that's simply unavoidable. This is your host, Shane Killian. Let's de-glamorize the news of the bogus. A while back, we covered the UK's ridiculous attempts to regulate porn by mandating a universal age verification system. Happy to report they've given up on it. The move would have required UK residents to purchase a porn pass from a newsagent where they would have to verify their age. Of course, the system could easily be sidestepped in a matter of minutes. Apparently, that idea was so ridiculous not even the UK would do it. But sadly, they're still behind the online harms white paper, which, as we covered back in April, would make social media sites responsible for actions committed by their users. And remember that as we covered, this white paper includes liability for actions that are not themselves illegal. Social media sites could still be punished for perfectly legal behavior of their users. Culture Secretary Nikki Morgan said, quote, This course of action will give the regulator discretion on the most effective means for companies to meet their duty of care. See, this is the kind of thing that happens in a country without Section 230 protections. She also said, quote, The government's commitment to protecting children online is unwavering. Adult content is too easily accessed online, and more needs to be done to protect children from harm. Aside from the fact that this harm can never really seem to be shown, the answer to this is not government regulation, it's parenting. But at least the age verification requirement is gone. But sadly, it wasn't due to anyone in Parliament coming to their senses. It was basically because of a clerical error. They failed to properly inform the EU of this system, which would ordinarily mean a six-month delay, but was instead abandoned in the midst of Brexit negotiations. What a world. are annoying, but ad blockers prevent publishers from making money. What if you could support your favorite websites, YouTube creators, Twitch streamers, social accounts, and many more ad-free and without paying anything, and even make some money yourself? It's not a pipe dream, it's airtime. Go to airtime.bogosity.tv and get the browser extension and you'll earn cryptocurrency for the sites you visit, and so will the publisher. This is not a crypto miner. You and the publisher will both get part of the reward from current miners of the BitTube cryptocurrency, with no middleman taking a cut. Even if the publisher hasn't signed up yet, his tube will be put into a dedicated wallet that he can claim upon sign-up. You can also use your tube to tip publishers and even purchase products. Airtime monetizes users and publishers with no ads or crypto miners. Go to airtime.bogosity.tv and start making money now. Say, if you're tired of the promos in this podcast, well, the patrons got it early and with no ads or promos. Just go to patreon.bogosity.tv and donate at any level. 
It's amazing how far we've come since the Snowden revelations back in 2013. I think back to how little we were encrypting and how few websites were secured, and I'm actually amazed that we weathered that internet as well as we did. But now, just as we're starting to do a good job with encryption, as we've covered over and over again, governments keep trying to pull us backwards because they want to be able to spy on us and they'll use any excuse to do so. But The Guardian, the newspaper that first broke Edward Snowden's leaks, has just published a new opinion piece from Snowden, and it's something everyone needs to read and take to heart. He says, quote, For more than half a decade, the vulnerability of our computers and computer networks has been ranked the number one risk in the U.S. intelligence community's worldwide threat assessment. That's higher than terrorism, higher than war. And yet, in the midst of the greatest computer security crisis in history, the U.S. government, along with the governments of the U.K. and Australia, is attempting to undermine the only method that currently exists for reliably protecting the world's information, encryption. So we've talked about the enemy of encryption and the people that Trump's A.G. William Barr is. Snowden said, quote, If Barr's campaign is successful, the communications of billions will remain frozen in a state of permanent insecurity. Users will be vulnerable by design. And those communications will be vulnerable not only to investigators in the U.S., U.K., and Australia, but also to the intelligence agencies of China, Russia, and Saudi Arabia, not to mention hackers around the world. Getting the headlines recently about this is Facebook, which has come under fire by governments of the U.S., the U.K., Australia, and others for wanting to make their messenger system use secure end-to-end encryption by default. As Snowden says, quote, It is striking that when a company as potentially dangerous as Facebook appears to be at least publicly willing to implement technology that makes users safer by limiting its own power, it is the U.S. government that cries foul. This is because the government would suddenly become less able to treat Facebook as a convenient trove of private lives. He makes the same point we have about the excuses they use, quote, To justify its opposition to encryption, the U.S. government has, as is traditional, invoked the specter of the web's darkest forces. Without total access to the complete history of every person's activity on Facebook, the government claims it will be unable to investigate terrorists, drug dealers, money launderers, and the perpetrators of child abuse, bad actors who, in reality, prefer not to plan their crimes on public platforms, especially not on U.S.-based ones, than employ some of the most sophisticated automatic filters and reporting methods available. The true explanation for why the U.S., U.K., and Australian governments want to do away with end-to-end encryption is less about public safety than it is about power. He's absolutely right, and the whole opinion piece is really good. Give it a read. If you're on the Wi-Fi in a coffee shop or hotel, anyone on that network can get your traffic. Do you really trust all of those strangers? For that matter, do you really trust your ISP? A VPN can protect you from prying eyes, disguise your location, and even foil government censors. It's essential in this day and age. So go to vpn.pagosity.tv and you'll be taken to BoxPN. Starting at just $2.99 a month, you can get unlimited high-speed connections to VPN servers all over the world. And they don't log connections, so your privacy is assured. Traveling abroad, just VPN home. And don't worry about what those other governments are doing. Back at home, stop your ISP from traffic shaping and messing with the quality internet access you're paying good money for. 
You can connect from multiple machines at once, including your smartphone or tablet, and it supports all the secure standards, including OpenVPN and SSTP. Bypass sensors and surveillance with your own secure VPN connection. Go to vpn.pagosity.tv. So here's a potential Supreme Court case you might want to keep an eye on, not the least of which for the controversy that is sure to follow if it goes the wrong way. In other words, the way consistent with the Constitution and individual freedom and what's best for the people. SCOTUS has agreed to hear Espinoza v. Montana Department of Revenue. Montana is one of 37 states that has what's called a Blaine Amendment in their constitutions. A Blaine Amendment, named after 19th century politician James Blaine, is something passed to win the anti-immigrant vote by denying school choice, specifically to keep public dollars from underwriting Catholic schools, to stop those filthy Irish from getting an education. Keep in mind that at the time, Protestant Bible readings and prayers were standard in public schools. Nowadays, Blaine Amendments have become the champions of teachers' unions and other public school officials who want to preserve their monopoly power in government schools and don't want public funds going to private schools, even when it means no longer having to educate a child who switched over. So in Montana, families have tried using the state's tax credit system to pay for tuition at private schools. The state denied them this, and this was upheld by the Montana Supreme Court. So they've appealed to the U.S. Supreme Court on First Amendment grounds. A recent national survey shows that 40% of parents would prefer to enroll their children in private schools. Currently, about 10% of them do. Right now, it's basically the exclusive province of the rich, since sending your child to private school means paying the private school tuition and paying taxes to the local school system. The only other way to choose a better school is generally to move. But one of the biggest selling points of residential real estate is a school district with great schools, so those homes go for top dollar. Educational tax credits are really the best option for poor parents, but Blaine amendments get in the way of that. Back in 2002, the Supreme Court ruled in Zelman v. Simmons-Harris that parents can get access to public funds under the Constitution to pay for private education, even religious education. It's actually pretty straightforward. If public funds are used to send a child to a religious school, it's the parents, not the government, who are making that decision, so the Establishment Clause cannot get in the way. But that was a federal decision. Espinoza is about states, and many states keep using religion as an excuse to maintain their Blaine Amendments. Why, if parents have school choice, they could use that choice to send their kids to a religious school, and that would be a violation of the separation of church and state. And keep in mind, the Montana Supreme Court said that there can be no tax credits to any schools if some of them can be used for religious schools. But the same logic in Zelman applies here. So if the Supreme Court respects stare decisis, and there's no reason why they wouldn't, then the Zelman president would provide the logic for Espinoza. This could be a major step towards school choice, which will be better for parents and children, just not for politicians and teachers unions. We live in a world where light bulbs connect to the internet, and recent attacks on them prove that your online security is under threat like never before. Not only your websites, but the internet-enabled devices you buy. And the biggest problem is weak passwords. That's why you need LastPass. LastPass allows you to randomly generate strong, unique passwords on the web and on your internet-enabled devices, all protected by one master password. 
LastPass sets up in minutes and gives you secure automatic logins throughout the web, synchronizing across all your browsers, all your computers, and even your mobile devices, at home, at work, or on the road. It even securely stores sensitive form data, including credit card numbers, backup sensitive documents, software licenses, Wi-Fi logins, and more. And with LastPass Premium, you can get these benefits on other applications, manage passwords for your entire family, and also get priority customer support. Sign up at password.bogosity.tv for a free month of LastPass Premium. Log in securely everywhere using the last password you'll ever have to remember. Go to password.bogosity.tv and get LastPass now. And now it's time to immunoprecipitate this week's biggest bogan emitter. And this week, it goes to ABC News for making what is at best an egregious error no news organization should ever make to begin with, and at worst, deliberately fake news. On ABC's World News Tonight for October 13th and the following Good Morning America, they reported what was supposedly an attack by Turkey on Kurds that was even more supposedly enabled by Trump pulling American forces out of Syria. The narrative in the news is that by pulling us out of Syria, Trump turned away from our allies the Kurds and didn't stop Turkey. They don't seem to want to point out that Turkey is America's ally too. The video showed what appeared to be a vicious attack from automatic fire by Turkish forces on innocent Kurds, purportedly from a reporter live-streaming it from near the Syrian border. The whole thing was completely false. The video was not an attack on Kurds. It didn't even take place in Syria. In fact, the video was from Kentucky. It was taken in 2017 at an event at the Knob Creek Gun Range in a spectacular show to the public, which was not an attack on anyone and in which nobody got hurt. And the video's been online since 2017. A basic content matching tool used by any news organization would have found the match. At best, it's inexcusable incompetence. In the opinion of Peter Adams of the News Literacy Project, quote, the conflict in Syria is highly newsworthy, and the motivation here was almost certainly to get a sensational, great-for-TV clip. But as Sean Davis of The Federalist pointed out on Twitter, things do look a bit suspicious. When World News Tonight took down the video, they simply said that questions were raised about its accuracy. No, it was proven to be wrong! And Davis pointed out that there's no way it could appear to be from the Syrian border since the audience is clearly visible and ABC, or the supposed reporter that supplied them with the video, deliberately cropped the audience out. We deserve a lot better than we're getting from ABC News. Who sent them this footage purporting to be from Syria? Did no one at ABC question it? Did they not even run it through some basic software to see if they can match it online? I mean, it took about three nanoseconds in between the news report being posted online and people noticing that it was footage from a gun show. And ABC, like the rest of the news media, needs to understand, a lot of people will see the report. Very few will see their mealy-mouthed retraction. They didn't even issue their retraction on World News Tonight or Good Morning America. That's how it's always been, and it absolutely needs to change. Even if it wasn't deliberate on ABC's part, it's certainly an indication that they'll just run with anything that fits their narrative without even doing a basic reality check on it. So that means ABC News just has to be this week's biggest bogan emitter. Do you have children? 
or nieces or nephews? Are you homeschooling or just want to counter some of the socialist indoctrination most children get in school? If so, go to bogosity.tv slash Tuttle Twins and you'll be taken to a website where you can get some great books for elementary age children. The Tuttle Twins books are books about liberty and free market economics that include children's versions of Bastiat's The Law, Leonard Reed's I Pencil, and Hayek's The Road to Serfdom, as well as books about the Federal Reserve and how regulations protect business cronies. They'll learn about the harm caused by eminent domain or regulations passed in the name of safety and fundamental concepts of liberty. And as you can see from the sample pages on the website, they're all easy to read and nicely illustrated. They're just $9.99 a piece, or get a special discount as well as free bonuses when you purchase all five. You can even buy in bulk to donate to schools and local libraries. So get the Tuttle Twins books at bogosity.tv slash Tuttle Twins. And now let's pre-certify this week's Idiot Extraordinaire. And this week it goes to West Virginia, whose idiocy shows us not only how bad voting systems can be, but also how even blockchain technology can be implemented badly. West Virginia used a smartphone app last year called Votes, that's V-O-A-T-Z, to collect absentee ballots. Apparently, a student at the University of Michigan decided to test its security and was able to hack it. So, it looks like this may call into question the security of blockchains, but there are a couple of problems. The biggest one being that it wasn't the blockchain that failed, but the identification system that was being used on top of it, which had various layers of identification such as facial recognition, thumbprints, and ballot receipts. West Virginia Secretary of State Mac Warner says that the system was actually working as designed. He based this on the idea that no votes had been altered. But the hacker apparently wasn't out to do that. This was just proof of concept. Also, if the hack had been successful, how would he know if votes had been altered or not? Voting app developer Barry Guitart said that this is very much a problem. Quote, the biggest unsolved issue with these types of votes is that in order for the vote to not be prone to manipulation, there has to be an identity tied to the voters. Otherwise, some voters can get a disproportionate amount of voting power by splitting their tokens among multiple addresses and voting with them. The other problem is, a blockchain as designed by Satoshi Nakamoto is secure because it's a public ledger that can be verified by anyone. But votes doesn't work that way. The nodes were all private, and there weren't enough of them to establish security. In fact, there were less than 10 of them. According to John Lloyd, CTO of Cassaba Security, quote, A blockchain running only provisioned nodes still needs those nodes to be exposed to the internet for people to vote. People attempting to compromise public-facing applications is routine for any web application. 18 states have so far approved the use of blockchain technology to maintain records and facilitate electronic transactions but the security is in the implementation. As long as it's a private blockchain running on a few nodes maintained by a single entity, it doesn't have the security that a genuine blockchain offers. In fact, it's little more than a single table database. Not only that, but it's only going to be as secure as the technology built on top of that, in this case the identification technology. That can be compromised no matter how secure the blockchain is. Tough lessons that West Virginia apparently doesn't want to learn. And that's what makes them this week's... Idiot Extraordinaire! 
Well, that wraps up this Dark Sarcasm in the Classroom edition of Bogosity Podcast. Come to discord.bogosity.tv where you can join the discussion and post a question, statement, news article, or rant. This podcast depends on you to keep going, so please go to donate.bogosity.tv where you can give using PayPal or crypto, or subscribe at Patreon or Subscribestar to get the podcast and YouTube videos early and ad-free. You can even support this podcast for free at the airtime extension or by listening on BitTubers.com where everything is always monetized and never censored. Thank you for listening. Until next time, here's a quote from Tom Lehrer. If anyone objects to any statement I make, I am quite prepared not only to retract it, but also to deny under oath that I ever made it. The Bogosity Podcast is licensed under Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives 4.0 International License. You can now get two free audiobook downloads and a 30-day free trial at audible.bogosity.tv, your choice from the world's largest selection of over 180,000 digital audiobooks and spoken word content for your iOS or Android device, Kindle, or MP3 player. Go to audible.bogosity.tv now.